Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the pastor of Family and Children's Discipleship at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Tony Trussoni, the family and student pastor at Faith Family Church in Finksburg, Maryland. Hey, Ben, how you doing today? Uh, doing pretty well. Uh, getting the new year off to a decent start. How about you? I'm doing well. My Ravens made the playoffs uh, in the tough AFC. Hey, I didn't. I have not really followed the NFL this year. The Falcons were abysmal, yeah. and uh, yeah. So, this is how Lamar Jackson do this year. He, uh, it's the first quarterback ever to have two consecutive a thousand yard rushing seasons. So it wasn't as good as last year, but it's very good. Yeah. He's he's something. He's fun to watch. He is fun to watch. Yeah, he's beast. So. Yeah, him. Uh, there's a lot of great quarterbacks right now in the NFL. It's been fascinating. Even my kind of my second team are the Packers, and seeing Aaron Rodgers have a bit of a renaissance this year. So, uh, see, I'm not a big Aaron Rodgers guy. Ah. Never, never really have. But you know, expected to win the MVP, I think. So, but we'll see. Oh, he's had that good of a season. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's impressive. Yeah. So he. Um, yeah, I mean, look at uh, one quarterback, though, Patrick Mahomes. You know, every year he's always up and contentious. And he always reminds me of, like, a uh, quarterback either on, like, a, a video game, you know, a Madden game. I mean, it, it, the way he plays, it's like it's pretend or even, like, in a movie, you know. Uh, and it's just, it's like, it's just unbelievable. I mean, it's, I, I don't know how he does it. He's just a freak of nature. <laughs> you know, have you seen much of Pat Mahomes? What was that about Pat Mahomes? Have you, have you seen him play much? Just a little bit, uh, not enough to have. I mean, I saw some of the monster numbers he's put up, um, but when, when you were talking about the movie, I, I was thinking Lamar Jackson, and then he's sort of like a video game player. <laughs> Both of those guys at the same time. So, you know, uh, well, in different forms of media, realistically, I, I could very much imagine. Uh, in a couple decades or so, seeing a movie about some of these great quarterbacks uh, that played in the, in the early 2020s, right? Very well. It could be. I mean, there's some, some studs out there. They are. So, well, with the topic of movie awkwardly brought up by myself, uh, I want to ask, Ben, <laughs> have you seen uh, many movies during COVID? Not many. I think well, a few, and one that was brand new. You would be really proud of me. Okay. What what movie that was brand new did you see? Well, it was because you told me to. So, okay. Uh, but it was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just do what you say, man. Um, <laughs> the movie Soul. Yes, absolutely. So we uh, to kind of break it, then we, um, uh, we're kind of going back to our TFM at the movies. Uh, we one of our first episodes of the podcast was 
TFM at the movies because I'm a big movie fan. Uh, you've not as much, uh, but uh, you have other things you enjoy doing more than I do. And uh, I thought it would be a good time to kind of go back to analyzing films from a Christian perspective for a family because of a uniquely a unique movie in Soul that I think brings a lot of discussion for family discipleship. But for me, I've actually watched a decent bit of movies, as always. Um, I streamed a lot of Christmas movies. I always watch Die Hard every Christmas time, so as every good Christian <laughs> should, right? Uh, yeah, I can't I can't concur on that one. I don't. I, I think I've seen part of it, but okay. And uh, I, you know, actually, there's been a lot less movies that have come out this year. Uh, but uh, one really good one that came out last year that I enjoyed uh, it was on Netflix was uh, the Trial of the Chicago Seven, uh, based upon the historical trial of the Chicago Seven. Some protesters of the Vietnam War. It was, uh, you know, regardless of your political positions on that, it was a great film, like really, really well done film. So I enjoyed that one okay, a lot. Okay, cool. Oh yeah, I mean, I think we watched a Christmas movie or two, uh, some old ones with the kids, and then. Um, watched a comedy and you know but it was yeah it was enjoyable yeah absolutely yeah new movies for you are movies that came out like after 1985 right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah movies in my lifetime yes exactly so now uh to turn to soul uh, and a very interesting film that both of us watched uh, in preparation for this both of us got disney plus access for it uh what is the premise basic premise of soul and how are people watching it which i kind of spoiled well from what i understand you would know better it's only available on disney plus it came out on christmas day is that right yes it did yeah okay um which i don't know that that's a whole nother thing i've heard that the um most popular day or had been in the past to watch a movie was christmas day Mm-hmm. And uh, you can go to the theater, which is, I don't know, sort of a sad commentary on our culture to me. But again, and I enjoy watching movies. I just don't do a whole lot of it. Anyway, uh, the movie is about this fellow that um, he's really just captivated by music and doing a lot of musical gigs and things. And he's, I don't know, approaching middle age. It's not quite clear how old he is. And he gets the gig of a lifetime. Uh, scheduled for later that day uh he he dies and then gets into all this you know i don't know interdimensional um stuff with his soul and he's interacting with the universe and i don't know the the agents of the universe or something with other souls and uh it it gets into big questions uh which is it's interesting for a a film that you know is disney pixar um an animated film um the, the the kind of depth of you know, content that's being covered there, but uh, it's probably not the the best description of it or the summary. But I mean, I think it kind of hits the high points. Well, yeah, I think your description of it is interesting because uh, it kind of goes to uh, Disney's like their trailers. I saw a bunch of trailers of the movie before, and even what Disney kind of let out at synopsis, it it was pretty vague, uh, which makes a lot of sense because we're gonna see this is a very odd movie, unlike any other children's movie I've ever seen. I would say. Uh, but I think getting much more into the plot than I think what you did really substantially spoils this film. Uh, I, I assume that you would agree with that, correct? Uh, I think that's that's a good, yeah. 
Um, but it definitely is like you, you saw it before me and you said, it's weird. And my <laughs> wife and I watched it and we had, we watched it in segments just because of necessity. Um, one of the reasons we don't watch a lot of movies because, you know, they get started late. And, yeah. Um, but I said, Tony told me this was kind of weird. And she's like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, I mean, I'd say we kind of enjoyed it, but it, it was, it was definitely out of the box. Yeah. No, I mean, plenty of movies have been good that have been weird, uh, but uh, some of my favorite movies have been weird movies. But uh, did you enjoy Soul, though, Ben? I would say I sort of did. I, it was not like, I don't know that I would, you know, when I go back and watch it all the time. There are some movies that I do, even though I've seen them multiple times, I'll go back and watch them periodically. I Maybe I would watch it another time, but uh, I would say I enjoyed it. But, I mean, I it wasn't like this thrilling experience for me. Yeah. So I, yeah, I liked it for the most part. It's weird. Cause like you, you're seeing some people are just like mad about it. And some reviews are like crazy about this. I, I thought it was funny uh, at times, you know, as almost all Pixar movies are. And it, you know, as with other Pixar films, it gave me the kind of the Pixar feels at the end, you know, uh, it gets you emotional. If you're the type that might cry in a film, you might cry in this movie. I did not for the record, but I mean, it was not one of their best ones. This is still good. I mean, it was still, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Uh, I will say that I thought it was really barely for kids. It is heavily marketed towards children. And obviously Pixar is a children's brand within Disney. Uh, but I mean, I, I don't see this movie as really that much being a kid's movie, though I suspect most of our listeners will probably watch it with their children. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, it's tar- I mean, in, my wife and I talked about that, how with our younger kids, she didn't think, it, especially at the beginning, that it would keep their attention because it's kind of moving along and it's just, it's abstract and, <laughs> yeah. you know, maybe our oldest child would be somewhat fascinated, but she she often doesn't want to sit there and watch a, a movie. Um, she just never really has been all that yeah. interested past about 30 minutes, uh, unless it was something that Good really hurt her. But Well, and yeah, I mean, I, I'm not not complaining the other two you know they would sit there and watch watch uh videos all day if allowed uh it didn't matter what it was um but yeah it's it's definitely deep and it's not your typical children's movie um again just because of the metaphysical nature of it yes now uh you mentioned there's a metaphysical nature to this and by the way i will add one thing that is kiddish like there is the animation is very you know family focused like uh, and it, it's, it's beautiful at times, but it is, like, mm-hmm. fun-looking animation. Uh, but uh, now, is Soul a theological film? I'm assuming you would say yes, given all that you've said about this so far. Oh, certainly. Um, in, in some, It doesn't ever directly mention God, though I was surprised it did explicitly mention heaven heaven and then you know this is really surprised me now it's spelled it out you know he double hockey sticks but it mentions hell um yeah. now beyond that there's no evidence of you know hell or judgment or anything like that um but it's filled with the stuff of theology and kind of by extension philosophy um and so i mean we talk about this all the time all of life is theological but this touches on stuff that's you know some of the biggest questions of life and things that scripture addresses yeah so yeah, it's really, it's one of the most theological films that I've ever seen. 
uh, I've seen lately for sure, but maybe even ever seen at all. It really explores what defines the human experience and the purpose of human beings. And a lot of ways, like the nature of this film reminded me of a very good film called The Tree of Life that is also weird uh, in kind of an indie film, which it, it's very, you know, it's trying to ask big questions and explore the nature of humanity. Uh, it was it was a very unique experience. It's deeply, profoundly theological for a kid's film by every sense of the imagination. So, <laughs> Now, what does Soul teach about human nature? So, in my opinion, this movie assumes sort of a basic goodness of human nature, or at best, just sort of blank slates. Um, it's interesting at the beginning, as, uh, what's his name, Joe Gardner, the main character? I think so, yeah. It's amazing, and I read something about that, heard something about this on the radio, how we tend to forget things like names. You know, we can remember the plot of a movie or of a story, but something as fundamental as the the name of the protagonist, who we're like, what was that person's name in the story? Um, but uh, Joe Gardner, the, the main guy, he ends up there in the, the great before, and um, he sees all these little souls they're going along and there's these characters uh there's four of them named jerry and they're uh, one of them is ushering little souls off to different i don't know little buildings or something and uh they're being assigned a personality or a temperament and it's just sort of this random assignment you know here you three go here you five go there um and so even some of those temperaments that would incline us towards sin there it's just sort of natural it's just there and um just sort of given to us by the universe or something yeah. uh, i wasn't entirely clear that the jerry's are, are they agents of the universe or this you know they're personal agents of an impersonal universe or you know something like that so i, I think th that was what stood out to me about human nature um there's no shred of you know because some of the, the the temperaments and personality traits and things that are notable notable and noted about you know they're going to be this way this one's going to be a megalomaniac or something yeah. um it wasn't portrayed necessarily in a, as a bad thing or did there were any consequence you know to that it was almost just amoral um i don't know what was your take on it yeah it was almost kind of funny even yeah mm -hmm. but uh uh, and there's a lot to this movie. Uh, I think it's extremely vague, like you said, and how we started. So, yeah, we see that, like, in the great before, that there are these kind of beings, and uh, like souls, and that they're being kind of shaped into who they were. But it never really gives you how they kind of came into existence before that point or how they really started, uh, which, mm -hmm. you know, I think that was Disney not trying to offend anyone, although it kind of does offend people at times, which is interesting. I, I think it clearly teaches about human nature is that all people become who they are in this kind of spirit realm. Uh, so you become who you are before life, uh, which I think mm -hmm. is something that kids will take in as a lesson from this story. I was born this way, baby. Oh, yeah. And so a person really is not the body they occupy in this film. Very clearly, a person is who they are before they get the body they occupy. 
is so the body then just becomes kind of a house or a state of being for the person rather than intricate to who the person is. Uh, with I think it's interesting because this message really strongly would support the mentality behind, say, transgenderism logic, which separates, you know, the person is the self inside the mind, even though you can't really find that exact thing, uh, even though you can't separate firmly the mind from the, from the physical body. Uh, and, uh, and, or even like it might support even the, you remember Rachel Dolezal, do you remember that person? I remember the name. Um, was it? Yeah, I, yeah. Remind me. She was a she was a white woman who pretended to be black and. Uh, oh was, yeah, yeah. And there was another one like that recently. I'm sure there was, but yeah. In a lot of ways, actually, I think that people were outraged rightfully over that. I think the message of this film would very much have no problem with though Rachel Dolezal because you know she is this black person inside. You know, regardless of what her body is. Uh, that, you know, the body is just kind of a dwelling of that. Well, that's <laughs> that raises all kind of things. And it is interesting how it, the logic is consistent. But there are many who would say, oh, no, 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 no. She that is absolutely off limits. She, she doesn't she can't just define that for herself, though, with something, you know, yeah. more uh, <laughs> a bigger deal to me, you know, gender, um, we're just free to sort of choose which end of the, the pole or we can be ambiguous. And, um, anyway, that's a whole nother topic, but yeah, I think it, you make an excellent point about that. Now, are we just souls with a shell like this movie seems to teach? No, I mean, we're embodied souls. Um, one of the, our professors in seminary, I've seen, I haven't, listen to the talk or read it, but I've seen that he gave a faculty address, a sort of like a culmination of his research about uh, a theology of the body and how the proper mode of human existence is to be embodied. Mm. Um, and so, you know, and that's that's a big part of Jesus's resurrection and the and our resurrection, the final resurrection that you know that we will share in His resurrection as believers. Uh, we're not just floating in eternity on the clouds playing harps with angel wings or something. Um, we will have bodies because that is God's intention for for His those creatures made in His image. And so, um, yeah, the, def- the the biblical teaching would definitely go against what was portrayed in Soul. Yeah, I, I would agree with uh, you that, and all that you say in that, uh, although I'll add that Christians sometimes act like we are just souls of the shell. Uh, quite often, mm-hmm. even in funerals, we might act like we're souls of the shell. Uh, and the, the, But the self in the Bible is the body and soul. And we often can't really clearly divide between the two, uh, although there is clearly a distinction, but it's sometimes hard to, to neatly separate the self and body and soul. Uh, we, As you mentioned, we're meant to be in our bodies forever, in fact. Uh, one example I think that's interesting of this, of how you know the two really mingle together, might be uh, there's a lot of evidence of people with ADHD, which I think is a medical condition of the physical body, it is not, the soul doesn't really have ADHD. Uh, people that have that and grow up with that often become more creative. I mean, there's like empirical evidence that they're more involved in creative avenues of work, you know, they're more likely to produce poetry and things like that, uh, or mm. other, you know, creative avenues. And, uh, and I think that 
you know, so it's a physical thing in their physical body that is impacting who they are at even a soul level, at a self level. And I think that just shows us, you know, there is no, you know, there is no us without our body fully. There is no fully us without a body and there's no us fully without a soul, right? Yeah, yeah, well said. So now what does soul teach about eternal life? Because there's a lot there, right? <laughs> it, it, again, it's just amazing. Uh, a movie that was intended for, or I assume it's being intended for children, uh, how much is there? But, I mean, you, you mentioned this before uh, about the soul just existing sort of – yeah, I guess it, they didn't touch on whether the soul had been created or made or fabricated somehow. It just was existing before life, which, you know, I mean, I, I've heard even people who are Christians suggest something like that, pointing to Jeremiah, uh, that our soul's in heaven with God. I don't think that's what that's talking about. Just, you know, I knew you in the womb. I mean, there's places where it talks about God knowing us. Um, it seemed, I, I don't think that's what it's referring to, though. I mean, would you yeah. agree? I, I would definitely agree, and I would even say to believe that is pretty dangerous. Yeah, I mean, it gets into some the Eastern, you know, uh, religions and things that are, you know, pantheistic. And um, anyway, we uh, we were formed by God, and uh, there's a moment when we begin. We we are not eternally existing as God is, but. Um, our soul exists before life, and then it's not entirely clear what happens in the great beyond when you get on the conveyor belt into this big, I don't know, it sort of looks like the sun, but apparently <laughs> it's not, I don't know what it is. Um, they, they don't make it clear, but I'll, it doesn't seem bad, um, was was my impression. Uh, so whether you're just absorbed into the universe or what, you know, so there's that. Um there's also this teaching, or I say a teaching, part of the story, uh, we may have a, there's a chance to shape another soul before they have a go at life, you know, before we get to our final reward in the great beyond. There's, I don't know, purgatory or something. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but so, yeah, I mean, it would uh, it would depart from biblical teaching on those things, and, and you know, I guess it would approach more like the the guy I forget his name, Moonwind or something that had yeah. the crazy <laughs> beard and hair dancing around with the the sign. Um, probably closer to stuff that you know folks like him would be persuaded by. Yeah. Um, what else did you see? Well, yeah, it is interesting because it is vague in a lot of ways. I mean, it's intentionally like this was one area where it's like Disney not wanting to offend anyone at all. Uh, but at the same time, I think there is a lot to it. Uh, and uh, like he said, it's called the great beyond uh, in that kind of state of light. My assumption is that it's parallel to the great before. Uh, you know, I, I thought originally on viewing it like is it's not I'm not even sure it's clear that it's not kind of ceasing to exist. I, I didn't think that probably was it, but I thought it might be so vague as it be. But my assumption is that it's something like the great before or, you know, the, the happiness and the just kind of spiritual uh, state of being without a body. Uh, and definitely I think it's pretty clear that there's no body in the great after, uh, the great yeah. beyond. So, But uh, anyway, but one thing that I thought was fascinating was spiritual existence uh, we can assume in a lot of ways is better uh, than physical existence at times but 
actually, what's weird is that the uh, there's a point at the end, and it's not given a spoiler to say this, uh, where it's not very clear that this kind of heaven state of being is really better than living. Uh, and I, I actually thought of this, uh, in the end of the movie, I thought of a time where John MacArthur talked about one time he was in a hospital bed and having, I think, heart surgery. And he was disappointed when he woke up because he, he kind of ho had some hopes that he would be in heaven. And I think a biblical way, but he wanted to, to serve the Lord, as Paul talks, uh, you know, that uh, to live uh, is Christ, to die is gain. I'm not sure mm -hmm. that uh, salt really teaches to die is gain. It teaches it as good. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, even these like the mysterious, like God, like creatures, the Jerry's. Uh, even seem to be supportive of that uh, of a decision of someone to you know consider this physical world you know this physical world as better than eternity. Mm, I didn't pick up on that, but I could see see that maybe the Jerry's are they're like the divine council or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, my assumption is they're kind of yeah, like a hint. My it felt very Hindu, is what mm, it felt like to me. Like the pantheon of. Yeah, well, even because Hinduism, actually, like, they're kind of monotheistic, and Hinduism is misrepresented sometimes. And, you know, it's it's a lot of ways it's more like the variety of deities are like a manifestation of, of, the, of the Brahma. And so I thought, like, the Jerry's are like a manifestation of the Jerry. Yeah, <laughs> That's, yeah I guess I have heard that. Um... But so in that light, I thought it felt very Hindu. Uh, but how does soul con uh, contrast with the biblical worldview in, in general? Well, I, I just thought about this, you know, um, and maybe you were alluding to this earlier. This is not so much in line with the biblical worldview. Um, but, you know, this could potentially offend atheists. Um, you know, we're, we're very good at being offended these days. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but I mean, referring to life before, life after in the great, you know, as, as opposed to just, you just die and you go in the ground um, and you're just sort of a, a combination of the chemical reactions happening in your body. Um, but anyway, aside from that, um, there's no judgment in soul. You know, I guess maybe you'd face some consequences in life. But, I mean, even there was, you know, like you talked about, it was kind of funny. This one person that was um, or a megalomaniac and something else, uh, something very antisocial. And they're like, well, this one's going to be a handful. And it's just sort of, you know, ha, ha, ha. Whereas someone like that, I mean, that, that's that's troubling. Um, yeah. Also, life isn't really vertical in the sense of, of a relationship to God mm. um, or even uh, the universe. It's just sort of – I mean, now there is talk made about uh, when Terry, the, he's – he works with the Jerry's and he sort of keeps count of who's dying and stuff. And he's very fastidious and keeping, uh, accurate records and this kind of stuff. Um, he says, you can't cheat the universe, you know, when it's your time to go. So again, it's interesting that there are these personal qualities assigned to the universe, but it seems impersonal at the same yeah. time. Um, but there is, there's not this, you know, beyond that really an obligation to, a deity or something, um, no bar of justice. It's much more uh, focused on horizontal relationships with other people and with nature uh, in a way. I'm mean, not like it was uh, – what's that movie? that Pandora, The one with Pandora.
Avatar, yeah, where people were, you know, it was talking about taking care of the world and this kind of thing. Um, it's not nearly to that extent, but, yeah. you know, appreciating nature uh, was definitely emphasized. And um, anyway, so it's just much more of a horizontal thing um, and not no, no obligation to anyone outside the world. Yeah. So I'll add to that, you know, the the Jerry's and my assumption is Terry is included in the uh, the coming together because like the Jerry's refer to themselves as the coming together at one point. Uh, and I think a lot of that and, you know, man, it says, you know, it appears in different forms or whatever. Uh, and that seems like it very much seems heavily influenced by Hinduism uh, in a lot of ways. And my guess is that majority of this film is a lot, a majority of the worldview of those writers tended towards Hinduism more than anything else. Although what's interesting though is like you know there's a point in the film where they're giving kind of these examples. Uh, these different people that were like experts in their field are trying to act as like mentors, basically uh, of mm-hmm. souls. And uh, they list you know Albert Einstein for a scientist, and the person they pick for like this the religious figure it was Mother Teresa, uh, which mm-hmm. I, I don't think says nothing. One because I mean Mother Teresa actually was substantially influenced, in fact, by Eastern religion, uh, and uh, you know she you know it's kind of like a vague you know everybody assume, everybody looks to mother teresa so a kind of a vague americana religion too when actually i, I will add very shortly uh, it's a small part of the film but i think there's worthwhile consideration of whether we should look upon mother teresa as a great example of religion or morality at all so but uh, that's that is interesting yeah i didn't really I remember the the scene, but I, it just didn't stand out to me. But uh, and I don't know a whole lot about other. I mean, she fed the poor in Calcutta and that kind of thing. But um, as far as her thought and theology, I didn't know much about. But um, yeah, I'll let the listeners. Yeah, I, I mean, look into that. I don't think it's as relevant. But uh, I I think there's also some Platonic ideas and some Buddhist ideas at this <laughs> kind of at the same time, which is weird because like the teachings of Plato and the teaching of the uh, Buddhism are like diametrically opposed, but like they're like brought together in a weird mush at times in this movie. Uh, there's a lot of Buddhism influence, especially in in one character that's in this film that you've alluded to before, uh, and even actually there's a point. The most overtly religious part of the film, I think, was uh, there's a time where uh, psychonautics is referred to. Uh, the practice of psychonautics, which is kind of like almost like getting in a trance to connect to, uh, between the spiritual world and the physical world. And, and even the terminology they use is directly from Tibetan Buddhism. Like, I mean, that is the exact terminology that Tibetan Buddhists uh, use because uh, there's like a heavy emphasis on meditation. And, and again, it's not seeing meditation merely as an emptying of self. It's the more Tibetan approach where it's kind of a connecting between this world and, and a spiritual sense of the universe so it's yeah. a synchronistic mess is my conclusion of this well you know i mean if you're free to just sort of take what you like from this one and that one you know why not it's like a buffet of religion <laughs> <laughs> yeah put a little mashed potatoes here put a little hinduism here you know right now what does soul suggest is the meaning of life because that is a heavy emphasis of the film 
Yeah, they spent a lot of time talking about that. Um, my impression of it, at least, was sort of live in the moment and enjoy. I think the word that or the, the term that Joe Gardner used was normal living. Um, they're sitting there uh, on the sidewalk or something, and 22 uh, makes a comment about, you know, she's trying to discover her purpose. So, well, your purpose is really not the, the thing you're here for, the, even though that's important. Because uh, she said, well, Maybe maybe my the thing that's going to give me spark that's going to let me live and my purpose is to be a stargazer or walking. I'm really good at that. And Joe's you know he's um, embodied in a <laughs> a cat. Um, they had a little mix up there, and he said, "Oh well, that's you know those kind of things. That's just normal living. That's not really your purpose." Uh, and then he he later rethinks that and it's just sort of it's almost like a carpe diem almost yeah um just enjoy you know you can see robin williams uh, <laughs> leading the charge but that was what i understood them to be emphasizing but i mean would you agree yeah i very much would uh, i don't think i have much to add to that i mean i think clearly living in the present is the meaning of life for the movie Soul. And I I think that probably that is something that it is trying to catechize us, the viewers, in more than probably anything else. I think the writers intentionally want to teach children and adults that that is what they should take away from this film. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was not just some passing thing. You're like, well, I think I mean it was kind of um, I think catechized was a good word. Yeah. I mean, it was it was certainly emphasized in the film. Yeah, I mean, people criticize Christian movies rightly sometimes for being preachy, and and this was a very preachy film at times. Uh, what is? The, <laughs> yeah, you could say it was heavy handed. It was heavy handed. Yeah. So, what does the Bible present as the actual meaning of life? You could, to glorify God by loving Him and loving others. I mean, that's sort of. Uh, Bringing together Deuteronomy six and uh, you know the great great commandment and the second great commandment um, and and it is you know he created us for his glory to to display it and so you know maybe uh, someone that we respect would say to glorify God by enjoying him forever I don't know but yeah that's great so I I'll just add a verse that kind of came to my mind as an actual response to this is in Ecclesiastes. So the end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Uh, and I think we do that also by enjoying him. John Piper's right in that. Uh, but I, So I think that's pretty clear. Uh, the I, I think a lot of ways this meant we are called, our real duty is to live our lives as an offering to God. Uh, our lives mm-hmm. are to be upward focus rather than just focused on our own enjoyment our own sense of meaning even yeah yeah definitely so is life about living in the present then i'm not going to say that that doesn't matter i mean it is important uh it is where we live god has appointed us to live at this time and, and not in the past and i mean Probably we're going to live some into the future when it gets here, um, but we also are to have our eyes fixed clearly on the age to come. Now that doesn't mean that we just, you know, hole up in the bunker and wait for Jesus to return. Um, we are we have obligations and things in this life. Um, we're to receive the things, the gifts He's given to us with thanksgiving. So we, we receive the gift and we thank Him for it. We enjoy it. But 
I mean, and I'm just going to list off several places in Scripture. Colossians 3 tells us to set our minds on things above and to seek the things that are above. Jesus told us in the Sermon on the Mount to lay up treasures in heaven, uh, not here on earth. Uh, we're to set our hope on the grace that will be revealed when, when Jesus returns, First Peter. Uh, Paul tells Timothy uh, in the same place about the receiving the gifts uh, with thanksgiving. Uh, he tells us to do good for those who are rich in this uh, rich in this life with the world's goods, you know, like you, you know, wealthy, prosperous, hashtag blessed pastor. Uh-huh. Uh, we're supposed to do good and to share uh, to store up treasure for a good foundation for the future so that we can take hold of what is truly life. So we do live here and now. Um, we shouldn't just pretend that it doesn't matter. Sort of the, you know, we're just a soul in a body, but it's all going to get burned up one day. You know, it doesn't matter what we do to our body or, or in this world. Um, that's That's taking it too far, but it's not the final thing. And so um, scripture is very clear on that. Yeah. I'll add to that some interesting points I think the New Testament often brings up is like it kind of compares the Christian life to being an exile, being an alien, being a refugee. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, an exile doesn't live for the, where they're at. You know, it doesn't live in the moment. It lives in the hopes of returning home. Uh, but, I'll you know, a lot of people that are present-minded uh, in the way that this encourages uh, them to be will end up going to hell and in no small part because they're just focused on today rather than focusing on eternity but it, you know it's interesting because the bible at the same time does teach like especially in ecclesiastes which we referred to earlier that we should delight in god especially in the everyday and that we should in a sense live in the moment and that we don't live in worry uh you know the bible talks about uh when our worries you know god's given us basically enough for today uh, let each day uh worry about itself essentially uh rather than focusing on what's to come and trusting god in the moment so i think there is some truth about living in the present but i don't think that is the main thrust of the bible yeah, and you, you've mentioned Ecclesiastes a couple of times, and it is, in some ways, a very this-worldly book. Um, you know, we're told multiple times to enjoy your labor, enjoy your wife, um, just live in the life that God has given you, but that's not the only word Scripture has for us. Now, what are some of the positive messages for families and soul? I assume it's not all terrible, Ben. No, I mean, it's not like all garbage or something i think just the importance of embracing the life that we have and i think it's very common or i know it's very common human nature to complain about our circumstances to view the grass as being greener on the other side um, if my circumstances were different those kinds of things or just be so looking forward to the the next thing that we miss what's there now and you know as I mean, as a Christian parent, you could adjust this or, you know, infuse the Bible. And, but, you know, the, what, what we have now, that is a gift from God to enjoy the time that you have. And so um, use it, make the most of every opportunity, I think is um, Colossians. Um, and so, 
embracing the life that we have now, enjoy it, and, and seek to influence others. That That's a, a big emphasis in the movie as well, trying to influence others uh, in a way that benefits them. And, you know, as Christians, we'd say, yeah, we want to influence others for their good and God's glory and, you know, for their joy. And so there are ways that we can take that message away, and, and that's that's good. Yeah, absolutely. So. What, else, what did you see? Um, I think one emphasis that, was there more at the end than any other time, especially the character 22, is I think it does teach us we should appreciate everyone, every person, even the person that doesn't have those great ambitions or find their purpose in you know what we think is big things. And in that, realize that every single person that God has ever made has value and has a sense of purpose. Uh, and, and I think that is an important message that we can overlook. We can see some people as, you know, to kind of allude to Animal Farm, you know, some people are more equal than others, it says in the book. So, uh, and lastly, I'll say, you know, I, a great message in it is don't let ambition prevent you from seeing the good around you, which, you know, in a lot of ways, it's very, yeah, so much of Disney stuff is like run hard after your dreams. And this is like even actually questions that. In a, in a mm-hmm. I think, healthy way. Yeah, I would agree. Because uh, some of the, I mean, it's just nonsense. And we've talked about that on here before. Some of that, you know, follow your dreams, shoot for the moon kind of stuff. How, you know, it's so unrealistic. Um, yeah, I heard a, a comedian talking about that one time. He had taken his daughter to uh, her freshman orientation in high school. And they were telling all these kids, you can be whatever you want to be. And he said they're lying to those kids he said yeah i mean maybe four of them can and the rest of them better learn how to weld even then it helps if you know somebody um you know and it's it's, so i I agree with you that it did push against some of that popular self-esteem i don't know you kind of i kind of just lump it all together with you know popular psycho stuff yeah uh self-help so with all this said do you recommend christian families actually watch sold then or no um, I would say probably not with younger kids. Well, I mean, I just, they may not be interested. Um, possibly with older kids, but not without discussion. I mean, it wouldn't be my first pick, but I'm also not quick to recommend movies, uh, kids' movies, um, and recommend movies to families in general. Not because I, you know, am super against that. I, I uh, I just don't do it that often, and I don't talk a lot about my own personal media consumption with people that I pastor just because of issues of conscience. Um, I, I don't want to burden somebody's conscience or free their conscience when it shouldn't be, you know. and so I just don't talk a whole lot about that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's uh, – there, there's worse things that you could watch, um, and I think it, it can. This leads into what you're gonna when we talk about in a minute. But it could be an opportunity with a an, a little bit older child or a teenager or something to have some some fruitful discussion. Yeah, uh, I appreciate well, your well, comment about you know as pastors we need to be really careful about not not binding conscience, and I think that's true. But as an individual, I would probably privately recommend you know only this probably only a good one if you're really serious about discipleship uh discipling your kids and willing to talk about it uh you know if your main way that you use movies 
Uh, if you do very little family worship and you the main way you do movies is to put something on while you do the dishes, this isn't a good choice for that. There are good children's movie choices for that. You know, I can think of The Iron Giant might be a great one to just put on for the kids. You know, Tangled. I mean, there are many, many good uh, decent uh, children's movies that don't necessarily believe the Bible uh, that are fine to just put on when you have to get yours done. Uh, but I wouldn't put this among them uh, personally. Uh, I think it would be could be a great opportunity to watch this if you want to talk about the nature of life, which is an important thing to talk about. Again, I don't see a three-year-old uh, being one that would be involved in that discussion. Though, so. Yeah. So with all that said, uh, to kind of wrap this all up, how could parents make this soul a discipleship opportunity with their kids? Well, like I alluded to a minute ago, to sit down and watch it and to help foster critical thinking, because really anything we watch or listen to, take in, I mean, even an article you read, just thinking about it critically and not just passively going, okay, um, but it's helping your children learn how to watch it and with a discerning eye, with a critical eye, and uh, not just be a consumer. Or you know, word we've heard a lot um, this year is sheeple. Um, but there is some truth to that applied in a different context. And because, uh, like you said, I mean, there there is clearly a message being pushed forward. And so, and that's. The, you know, any film or song where the, the, the person has certain uh, commitments and they have a, a view of the world and they're putting that forward. And, you know, art is a, you're, you're tell, trying to tell the truth about something or at least the truth as you see it or your impression of it. And so um, being able to engage with that and then, you know, well, what does the Bible say this? How does this compare? And, um, but, it, you know, I think it would take a child that's a little bit more mature and got some grounding in God's word and that kind of thing. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So, uh, the I would say that one actually, you know, an interesting idea. Uh, I thought so much of Ecclesiastes as I watched this movie, and maybe it'd be a cool idea, you know, for a family. I mean, you don't have to rush to the theater or anything to see this movie. So maybe in family worship, read through Ecclesiastes, especially with some older kids, and then watch it and to kind of discuss it and contrast it with Ecclesiastes. That really, I think, could provoke some awesome discussion with our kids. Uh, I think regardless, a good thing to do is start and end the movie by kind of asking our kids what the purpose of life is. Uh, you know, have a good discussion then from there because it could really lead to some great points and some great discipleship opportunities through that. Uh, or it could even make a really safe intro to world religions. Uh, I think parents are responsible to teach kid, their kids things even like what their neighbors believe. And uh, probably a great way to start is a movie that has a whole lot of what their neighbors believe in it, way more than any other kids' movies that I know of. So, uh, Yeah, I, I can't think of it. I mean, and you would be more familiar, but um, I have not seen anything that covered that kind of ground. All right. So, well, I, I'm glad we were able to have this discussion, and I hope that uh, listeners are blessed by this as they watch this movie or maybe choose not to watch this movie, whatever their conscience leads them to. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Um, I would say watch it first yourself, and, and that can be the case often, but um, just to be prepared, or hopefully we covered the, the terrain well enough, but 
but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you suggested that we do this because I think it, you know, it's Disney, so it's going to get watched. Yeah. <laughs> and um, hopefully this will be a benefit to to those who listen and uh, as they disciple their children and influence others who do. Well, it's always good talking to you, brother. Yes, amen. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.